We'll now have our Bible readings. The first reading is Psalm 84. It can be found on page 595 of the Pew Bibles. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength, till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, O Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, O God of Jacob. Look upon our shield, O God. Look with favour on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favour and honour. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. And the Gospel reading is from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13. It can be found on page 980, and I'm reading verses 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. How's that? Can you hear me okay? Everybody happy? Good. Yeah. Well. Psalm 84. It's uh, just got that feeling to it of this is where I want to be, isn't it? It's got that role to it that just says that everything is all right. Just let me be in here. The feeling that this is just right to be in the dwelling place of God, to be in his temple, to be here with him is what I want. This is what the psalmist is saying here. A feeling of safety. The feeling of splendor and the aspect of sanctuary is a very real thing. That space set aside for us to come in and to find calm. I find that very often to be the case. Sometimes in the busyness of your day, you don't necessarily have to go anywhere to do anything. You just need somewhere to go into to just be possibly alone, to just be able to get away. 
from everything, all of the stuff that surrounds us, and just be somewhere. People find that in churches. People who don't believe find that in churches. We find it at the lunch. You know, we do the lunch at St. Paul's in the, in the main foyer there. And, um, and pretty much every time we're all in there, there's up to 50 people in there and it's uh, all babbling away and all, you know, having a great time. And people will come up to the door and they're not sure whoever to come in. But they want to. They want to come into this place to have a look. And we're always like, oh, come on through, you know. Come on through. Go on in and have, have, you know, whatever you need. Just do it. And this, this is very real. People want that place to be able to come into. It's, it's part of us. And the psalmist here is just, it is a wonderful, beautiful psalm. It, it just, I love it because of the, the hope that it gives me. And the promises that are within it, that no good thing will he withhold from the upright man, from them trying to do what they can. And he's fully aware of all of our failings, but he will not hold back something that's good for us. He won't do that. I did nothing. <laughs> I, I was simply preaching. And, and, and off it goes. You know, and, and the aspect of sanctuary is really special to us. And I think there is, of course, that element of searching for peace. Who doesn't want peace here? Who doesn't want it? Who's happy in chaos? None of us. We just don't need it. We just need that little bit of peace. And we know that very often a lot of this stuff is all of our own making. We haven't necessarily done the right things. We probably necessarily didn't pray about this enough or whatever it may need to be. But we just want that peace. And thankfully we have an understanding father who is able to cover us. He's able to not have a tick list. He's not able to say to you, ah, you didn't pray this morning, so look out. He doesn't operate that way. That's how we will operate. But that's not how he does. He's a father, and a good father, and a loving father. He's your dad. He is your spiritual dad. And he will not keep back from you what is good but he will keep back from you what can be harmful. And it's no bad thing to search for peace. And it's in the searching for that peace that we will find Christ if we are willing to let him in. The cathedrals of yesteryear, I think one of the most amazing places, don't ask me what it's called, but it's in Florence. It is a stunning building. When it was built, I can't imagine what it would have looked like. You know what I'm talking about. Green, it's like green and white stone and absolutely beyond. It is just the most remarkable piece of craftsmanship I can imagine. It, uh, and the, the work, you know, the skills involved to be able to, to do the stuff they did there, it's not there anymore. You won't find it. You won't get it. There are, the skills have gone. We say, no, surely not. I'm afraid they have. And the skills are going now. The, the skills of the tradesmen, they are slowly dwindling away to whereby things can, can, can change, where the tradesmen may well become 
regarded as being the, the major people. We often talk about how, rev, how reverential and how revered the blacksmith in the village would have been. Because he was essential to keep your horse rolling. To keep your, you know, your livestock, your, your, your horses going. And for you to be able to get around. You know, all of the skills that man had, and a lot of it, they said it was built to the glory of God. I don't know if God necessarily asked them and sat there and said, yeah, you want to check out that place in Florence. They got me down there, boy. I don't think so. I don't think so. And while it was maybe done from the right intent, such grandness and beauty can get in the way and it can create a barrier between man and God because you feel so unworthy before this amazing altar, before this thing and you're thinking, I, this is beyond me. Even the, the aspect of it and the feeling of it is beyond me. And I don't believe that that is what God wants. And I don't believe that this is what the psalmist is talking about as being God's dwelling place that feeling of separation that feeling of I'm too I, I just can't I'm, not, I'm no good for this place I carry too much baggage stuff sin call it what you want that I'm not worthy to be here thankfully in the life and ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ that connection has been completed this is God's, this is what God is saying this morning. This is not an attack on any building. It's not an attack on any cathedral. What I am saying is in the life, ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the connection has been completed. And God is at peace with that because he could give no more. He could give no more. Wouldn't it be great to be able to say to somebody, you're looking for God, go down there. I got an app here. It'll tell you how to get there. Wouldn't it be terrific if you could say to somebody, come here and you will find God. Go in there. You will find him. It would be so simple. But it's not. It's not that way. And we know that it's not that way. In Matthew 12, 6, Jesus came out with a profound statement of his day where he said, something greater than the temple is here. It was profound. It put him on the same level as God. He was more or less saying to them, the most holy place that they had, I am greater than this. You know, I don't know. It's like walking into Old Trafford and saying, Alex Ferguson, who's he? You know, it was just an affront to them. How dare you? This is where it's at. This is everything to us. This gives us what we need. This gives us our identity. But where is your identity this morning? We could pick you all up and where do you want to go? That's a car park outside El Tico's. Could we worship God there? Would he receive our worship there? I believe he would. I'm not suggesting we do, but I believe he would. We could go to that wonderful place in Florence and pile in there and not lose our identity, not lose anything of what we had. You will not lose dad's hand. You would still have it. But you would still be who you are. And Monday morning awaits. And your hope would still be there. Wherever it was that you were to worship God. (coughs) 
simply because of Christ. Because of him. You hear a lot of people say that, um, well, I'm not sure with those church bits. I, 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 I see God here. I feel God in this. I see God in a rainbow. I see God in a butterfly. I see God in creation. I see him everywhere. God is everywhere. I see him in art galleries. I see him in my family. I see him in fellowship. I see him in togetherness. You can see him where you wish. But until you see him in Christ, you have not found what God wants for you. It may not be what you want. It may be the biggest obstacle that you have to say that I believe that God was in Christ. And when we think about it, that is what it's all about, isn't it? Because who was he if he was not? How many men have gone before him and will come after him who have been amazing folk? Brilliant guys, brilliant women, all done their bit. But God was in Christ. He was not in Nelson Mandela. He was not in Mother Teresa. He was not in Grace Trust as such. He was in Christ. And that's what it took. That's what needed for him to be able to say something better than this is here. Something better than this. And that is what you're a part of. That's the blood that's running through you this morning. That's what compels you to come along because of the hope that you have. Because it's not all about the place. It's about the person of Christ. The dwelling place. Where is this dwelling place now? Where is it? Where is it? Well, I don't know exactly where it is. I can't take you there. But what it is, is absolutely vital for us to understand. God's dwelling place is in holiness and righteousness. His throne is that. Holiness and righteousness. And that holiness and righteousness came to us in the form of a man, in the form of a little baby, in the form of a young lad who grew up so aware of discrimination and fighting and turmoil and occupation and the feelings that he would have seen and witnessed and the fears and the doubts of the town where he grew up. He was all too familiar with. But the fullness of God dwelt in him then. And he had you on the palm of his hand at that time. When he was doing whatever he was doing as a kid. You know, he had your plan in his hand right then. If that's not enough to warm your heart this morning, I don't know what will. And so that holiness and righteousness 
is his dwelling place. What we search for, what are we searching for today? What is your quest? What would just make everything so right for you? What would cancel out all of the other fears and the doubts and the worries? What would it be? For the, for the, um, the, 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 the guy looking for the, for the pearl, for the guy wanting to be able to, to find this, this, this one and only thing that is so great that I will give up everything else that I have. I will trade it all in for this one thing. It's an enormous, enormous commitment, isn't it? It's enormous. Uh, you know, very often, speaking evangelically, there's, there's a, there can be a, a, a kind of a theme, the feeling that, that there's a lot of stuff that you need to give up. And there's a lot of feeling within people, well, I'm afraid of taking the Christian journey because I won't be able to do this and I won't be able to do that. And I would have to give that up. But the key to it really, and the message of the church must be that that would be taken care of when you find what you're searching for, that question won't come along anymore. And when you have found what you're looking for, then you know the peace that's coming into you here, this didn't come from anywhere else. I didn't necessarily get it from this. I didn't necessarily get it from a preacher. But I got it and I know that this is changing my life day by day by day. And when we've got that, then we are ready to see the insignificance of everything that we've kept hold of in the past. Everything that's kind of given us our own little bit of identity. And we begin to see that there is a God who loves us and that what's ahead is not worth keeping hold of what's behind. To press on forward. You know, we can, you can check into a five-star hotel, yeah? You could go to a five-star hotel and in some senses you, will be, you could be anywhere in the world because... You could go in there and you will be paying and be expecting a standard. You'd be expecting something that would befit the money you've paid and would befit the star. It doesn't matter where you, you may go. And all necessarily while you're in that hotel, you could be anywhere. You could be in Calcutta, you could be in LA, wherever, name it. You know what I mean? You could be in Jersey. You could be at the Atlantic. Never been there, but you could be there. And you could be anywhere because you have paid for that. And you expect certain things, befitting the star, and more than anything, befitting the whack on your wallet. Yeah, because I paid for this. Jesus has no star accreditation if you want what is best because there's no star high enough for him while he knows full well of people and places and me that has no star low enough 
but he was happy to dwell with us. In your lack of starship, in your mind, in your heart, in your intent, he was happy to dwell. And you can't buy that place with him because he paid to be with us. You can't buy a place with Christ because he paid to be with us. And his dwelling place today is at the right hand of the Father and that Father is seated on a throne of holiness and righteousness. That is where he is. I can't point you to God, I can't point you to Jesus, I can't point you to the Holy Spirit, but wherever they are and who they are is holiness and righteousness. And to think that there has been decreed that each and every one can come on in. Come on in. Leave your bags at the door. Somebody will take care of that. What would you like for dinner tonight? Will you be dining with us, sir? This is the dwelling place of God. Holiness and righteousness. I'd like to finish by reading Ephesians 14. Out of verse, chapter, I need a new Bible. 3, 14. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus all generations forever and ever. Amen. May you know the dwelling place of God in your life today and tomorrow. And as you go into your week, May your stay be good in his dwelling place.